This is Sally welcoming you to the 2342nd edition of the Enfield Talking Newspaper. The readers this week are Alison and Jean with Hass on the controls. Editing, production and distribution is by the team. Our title music is Country Rock Polka, composed by Pat Prilly, Fernand Bouillon, Harry Brewer. It is performed by Jean-Jacques Perry and is used with his kind permission. The local news stories that we will be reading come from the Enfield Independent and the Enfield Dispatch and are their copyright. For the week beginning the 15th of May, the sunrise time is 05.10 and the sunset time is 20.45. We also have some special notices The first one is from the Enfield Home Library Service. Did you know that Enfield has a home library service? This means that if mobility, disability or caring responsibilities make it difficult for you to visit the library, then we can bring the library to you and there is no charge. The home library is run in conjunction with the Royal Voluntary Service who vet and manage our volunteers. You tell us the sort of thing you like to read and we will select books for you and deliver them to your home once every four weeks. As well as ordinary print titles, we have audio books on CDs and large print titles. There are also a limited number available in different languages. Separately, the Enfield Home Library Service offers assistance with digital library content so we can help you to get to grips with borrowing e-books or audio books from the library to read or listen to on a phone or tablet. For more information or to see if you can sign up for this service, email enfield.hls at royalvoluntaryservice.org.uk or call Shauna Teven on 07826-511094. The second notice is from Enfield Vision. We are a group of visually impaired people determined to improve the environment and to reduce the everyday problems of blind and partially sighted people. We are registered with the Charity Commission as an organisation with the specific aim of promoting the well-being of visually impaired people living in Enfield. We hold a drop-in morning on the third Thursday in each month from 10am to 1pm at Park Avenue Resource Centre, Bushill Park, Enfield. And our exercise classes are now running again. Here are the dates for the next few months. Thursday the 18th of May... Thursday the 15th of June, Thursday the 20th of July, Thursday the 17th of August, Thursday the 21st of September, Thursday the 19th of October and Thursday the 16th of November. For further information please contact us on 0208-373-6260 or email information at enfieldvision.org.uk.
Do get in touch with us to share your own news and special announcements. We love to hear from you. If you have any comments about the Enfield Talking newspaper, please phone Diane to Jersey on 07899-854-582. She is your listener's representative and will be pleased to help you. Now, Alison will read the lead story. And our lead story is taken from the Enfield Dispatch and is titled Being Open About Dementia. Janice Nunn from Enfield Dementia Action Alliance on what's planned for this year's Dementia Action Week. Enfield Dementia Action Alliance and Alzheimer's Society are teaming up to encourage people in the borough with concerns about their memory to seek an assessment ahead of Dementia Action Week this month. The Alliance is hosting events for people affected by dementia and to raise awareness among the general public about the importance of confronting symptoms when they appear, shining a light on the work done by Enfield's Dementia Friends and providing residents with information to help them plan for the future. The Dementia Friends programme, led by Alzheimer's Society, is the biggest ever programme to change perceptions of dementia. It aims to transform the way the nation acts, thinks and talks about the condition, and since launching in 2013, more than 3.5 million people across the UK have joined to create change in their communities. From the taxi drivers to hairdressers, the bus company to newsagent, everyone can identify things they can do to support those with dementia to continue living as independently as possible. And that is why the Dementia Friends programme is crucial. An Alzheimer's Society survey showed three out of five people with dementia wish they had got a diagnosis sooner, and 23% in London lived with the condition for more than two years after noticing symptoms before diagnosis. Denial is a big reason why people put off seeking a memory assessment, with 42% of Londoners with the disease admitting to choosing to ignore worrying signs. But being diagnosed with dementia at an early stage gives you a chance to adjust and unlock the door to things you need, such as access to practical guidance, legal advice or financial support. Memory loss is not just a normal part of ageing, as many assume. Nine in ten people with dementia said they benefited from getting a diagnosis. There are almost 80,000 living with dementia in the capital, and while it mainly affects people over 65, around one in 20 people with dementia are under 65. Events taking place for this year's Dementia Action Week in Enfield include an immersive arts experience at Park Avenue Disability Resource Centre on Tuesday the 16th of May from 2 to 3pm. 
an information stall about dementia in Palace Gardens Shopping Centre on Thursday the 18th of May from 10.30am to 2pm. Plus, a Dementia Friends Information Awareness Session from 10 to 11am, followed by a talk on lasting power of attorney at Elsing House Care Home on Friday, 19th of May, from 11.30 to 12.15. You can find out more about all the events taking place in Enfield Dementia Action Week by emailing janice.nun, with two N's, at hotmail.com. My article comes from the London Independent, and it talks about a runner who has overcome a brain injury, saved by London's air ambulance after falling down steps at Tube Station. After meeting friends in London, Mark was on his usual route home back to Ipswich when he slipped at Bank Underground Station. Falling down the steep steps of the station, Mark hit his head and suffered a traumatic brain injury. Fortunately, there were two off-duty paramedics in the crowd at the station who called London Ambulance Service, LAS. On first assessment of Mark, the LAS paramedics requested London's Air Ambulance Advanced Trauma Team as Mark did not have enough time to make it to hospital. London's Air Ambulance crew was immediately dispatched. On arrival, London's Air Ambulance's first priority was to get Mark out of the station to a space where they could be tr- where he could be treated more effectively. Mark was carried out carefully, following which LAS advance crew induced him into a coma and intubated him. Mark was then taken to Royal London Hospital, where he remained in a coma for a few days. Once the clinicians woke Mark up, he remained in hospital for another three weeks, being discharged on November 27th. Mark said, it's only because of Becky, my girlfriend, that I was able to be discharged so quickly. The love and support from her was tantamount to the level of recovery I made. With hard work and tenacity, Mark began the long road of recovery. He added, it's still ongoing now. I attended rehabilitation at Livability in Cano and relearned many physical capabilities. They helped me a lot with stretching and development exercises. My speech is still slower. My stamina is not as strong, but I have focused a lot on getting back to running, something some doctors didn't think I would be able to do. Alongside taking on a marathon in Antarctica in March, Mark is back at work, has got his driving license back, and is enjoying life with Becky. Mark also ran the London Landmarks Half Marathon this April. Now both runs were focused on fundraising for London's ambulance Air Ambulance Charity, and so far Mark has raised more than £8,900. He added, I'm running to say thank you. Thank you to the crew who were there for me that evening. This is enough to pay for nearly three whole missions, sending London's Air Ambulance Advanced Trauma Team out to other critically injured individuals in London. 
The newspaper and associated totals are supported London Air Ambulance Charity Up Against Time campaign to fund two new helicopters. To donate, go to londonsairambulance.org.uk slash upagainsttimeappeal. This is an appeal from the Forty Hall Vineyard. Forty Hall Community Vineyard has suffered three years of bad harvests and is now at risk of closure if we don't yield a good crop this year. We urgently need £85,000 of equipment and resources to manage the vineyard and protect our vines from disease. Most of all, we need the tractor to reliably carry out essential disease prevention work. Forty Hall Community Vineyard is a place of sanctuary and social connection for local people. It is also London's only commercial-scale vineyard since the Middle Ages, a unique heritage site in Enfield. As a pioneering ecotherapy project, the income from the sales of our award-winning certified organic wines is put back into maintaining our vineyard and delivering health and well-being activities for the benefit of our community. The vines are largely cared for by a dedicated group of over 100 volunteers who attend throughout the year. We also welcome the wider community in for events and visits to enjoy the sanctuary of this unique green space in London. Since 2009, the vineyard has been thriving, but after three years of poor harvests due to adverse weather conditions and devastating powdery mildew that we were unable to control with the equipment we currently have. Without urgent funding to improve our equipment and resources, there is a serious and very real risk that there will be no harvest in 2023, meaning no more wine to sell and the end of the London vineyard. We have managed our finances well enough to sustain the project through three disappointing harvests and a pandemic, but we cannot survive another year without monetary support. The biggest investment required is for a reliable vineyard tractor at a cost of £55,000 so that we can spray organically exactly when we need to and prevent the spread of disease. We have already raised the funds for a sprayer, but we also need to pay for more supervision of the vineyard to support the hard work of the volunteers. This will give us the best chance for a healthier yield of grapes that will produce wine for us to sell and source the future of London's pioneering vineyard. The fox makes a welcome return. Neil Littman enjoys a meal at the newly reopened Palmer's Green pub. The bad news is that more than 32 pubs disappeared from communities in England and Wales every month last year as rocketing energy bills and staffing pressures forced businesses to shut for the final time. The good news is that one long-closed pub in Enfield has bucked the trend and reopened. The Fox in Palmer's Green had closed its doors in 2018 ahead of a redevelopment of the surrounding property, 
and the pub itself was in need of a long overdue facelift. It has certainly had one, resulting in a revitalised and long-needed venue. Run by Whelan's traditional Irish pub chain, the Fox is a large landmark on the corner of Green Lanes and Fox Lane. The pub originally dated to 1704, but the current structure was built in 1904, with its distinctive turret and exterior plaster relief decorations. It became the borough's first asset of community value in 2015, and has also has a claim to fame after appearing in the film Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban in 2004. The latest incarnation of the Fox boasts a unique interior designed and finished with an eclectic mix of decor and furnishings, plus a function room available for hire. Live music and sport are also part of the offer. There is more than a hint of a traditional Irish welcome in the ambience and the food. I arrived with a friend in tow who I regularly visit local pubs with. On a Thursday evening, we found the fox was very busy and initially had difficulty finding somewhere to sit until we spotted the function room, which was in a quieter corner of the pub. I discouraged my friend from ordering wine so we could try the beer instead. Drink prices reflect the current upward trend, ranging from £4.80 for a pint of London Pride to £6.80 for a pint of Beavertown Neck Oil. They also offer a Norfolk Ale, Guinness and Woodford's Wherry on the pumps. The menu shows an Irish influence. Mains cover crowd pleasers such as bacon and cabbage, ham, egg and chips, plus staples such as fish and chips. There are plenty of vegetarian options too. My companion initially ordered a healthy option, a Buddha bowl, but they had run out, so went instead for sea bass fillet with new potatoes and veg, the cost being £15.95. I went for pan-seared stuffed chicken breast with mash, spinach, seasonal vegetables and a mustard cream sauce, price £12.95. It was so Moorish, I probably could have eaten a bowl of the sauce on its own. There are also small plates on offer, including nachos, lamb koftas, halloumi bites and other vegetarian and vegan options. You can even order a kilo of chicken wings. We left after three hours, three pints and a great meal, with every intention of a return visit. The fox has made a very welcome addition to the area and, importantly, its reopening has also boosted the local economy, creating 20 jobs. The Fox is at 413 Green Lanes, Palmer's Green, N13 4JD and is open Monday to Thursday from 11.30am to 11pm, Friday to Saturday 11.30 to 1am and Sunday, 12pm to 10.30pm.
Thank you. On a sadder note, I'm reading an article from the Enfield Independent by, written by Alex Marsh. A man who stabbed a teenager is found guilty of murder. The mother of a teenager who was stabbed to death in Enfield has said that she has no words to describe the loss. Donovan Allen's mom described her son as polite, kind, funny, and talented. It comes as his murderer, Timothy Adioye, 20, of no fixed address, was found guilty last week of murdering the 17-year-old. Police were called to reports of a stabbing at Islay Croft, 6 o'clock p.m. on February 7, 2022. Paramedics at the scene treated Donovan, who had been stabbed in the chest. Despite the best efforts of members of the public and the emergency service, he sadly died at the scene. A police investigation revealed that on the day of the murder, Adioye arrived at the flat of three males who were waiting for their friends to arrive. In order to gain entry to the flat, he produced a knife and entered the property demanding to know demanding to know where a friend of Donovan's was. While Adioye was inside the flat, a male who was with Donovan called and said that he was on his way to the address. Adioye took a knife from the kitchen and left the flat to wait for Donovan's friend in the communal area of the building. As Donovan Allen and his friend entered the building, and headed toward the flat, Adioye approached them wearing a balaclava with a skeleton face on it. He pulled out a knife and told them to empty their pockets. He took a man bag from Donovan and searched it. At this point, a neighbor in the communal area shouted the group to leave or they would call the police. Donovan and his friend turned to leave, but Adioye followed them. He then stabbed Donovan in the chest, causing the injury that claimed his life. After police traced him, he was charged with the murder of Donovan Allen, one count of robbery, possession of an offensive weapon, and threatening a person with a blade in a public place. He was found guilty of the charges after a trial at the Old Bailey and will be sentenced at a, sentenced at a later date. Donovan's mother said Donovan was polite, kind, funny, and talented. He was taken from us for no reason at all. They are no, there are no words to describe the loss. If I lost a husband, I'd be a widow. A child that lost their parents is an orphan. But for a sister who's lost her brother and a mother that has lost her only son, there are no words. Uh, this is Athletics now. Poland trip proves successful for local resident. World Masters medal for Enfield Spurway. Enfield resident Claire Spurway was celebrating medal success at the recent World Masters event in Poland. Spurway, aged 44, competes in the W40 events for women aged 40 to 45 and qualified for the 400-metre individual final, as well as winning a silver medal as part of the women's 4x200 relay team. She also competed in the mixed 4x200-metre relay, where the British team gained a national record. 
Before competing in Poland, Spurway won two gold medals at the British Masters Athletics Championships, winning the W40, 200m and 400m races. Coached by Olympic coach Tom McNabb, she regularly teaches athletics in primary schools in Enfield and runs her own athletics class too. Spurway is also part of Fusion's Sporting Academy, an initiative that provides support for talented athletes across the UK, helping them on their journey to national and international success. Fusion understands the demands, costs and dedication associated with trying to achieve sporting goals and, by being part of the programme, Spurway was able to access Fusion's facilities to help with her training. I'm delighted to have won a silver medal at the World Masters Indoor Championships, she said. I won a medal at the last championships in 2019 and it was great to be back on the podium again this year. The Fusion Sporting Academy really helps me with my training and it was great to visit Southgate Leisure Centre to see the team and show them my medals. Steph Hahn, General Manager at Southgate Leisure Centre, added, We are all so proud of Claire and her success. We are really pleased to see her back in the centre so we could congratulate her. The Fusion Sporting Academy is a great way to nurture talent and we hope to support more local athletes as they fulfil their sporting ambitions. To find out more about Fusion Sporting Academy, visit fusionline.fusion-lifestyle.com forward slash sporting academy. Spring only means one thing for some people, the start of the cricket season. And this article from the Dispatch is looking ahead to a new season at Enfield Cricket Club. While this year it meant long-sleeved jumpers, rain delays and green wickets, there was a real sense of anticipation built ahead of the first ball being bowled. Enfield Cricket Club is based in a fantastic ground on the corner of Lincoln Road and Wellington Road and has been around for nearly 170 years. The club was a founding member of the Middlesex County Cricket League and has won a number of trophies, including multiple league titles, the National Cup in 1988 and, most recently, the Middlesex Cup in 2016. For the 2023 season, we are once again aiming to reach as high as possible. The first 11, captained by Tony Sayers, unfortunately suffered relegation to the second division last season, but the players are ready to bounce back. It has been a positive winter, with some new faces joining the fold and a welcome return of talented Australian overseas player Connor Brown. Our second eleven has new leadership with James Ryan and Callum Wick, both of whom came through our junior section, aiming to build on positive results at the end of last season. Again, some new faces have joined the squad this winter, creating greater competition for places, something that can only benefit the club.
The third eleven continues to be skippered by Sishen Munir, who has worked hard to develop the side and give opportunities to youngsters to experience competitive senior cricket, a hugely important aspect third eleven cricket. Last season, the side added a number of players who will return this year. Sishan and Vice-Captain Adnan Zamir are aiming to improve consistency and, if that is achieved, the side can push for promotion. The club also has a growing junior Colts section, supporting and developing both boys and girls aged 5 to 18 years. These youngsters are coached by a team of dedicated and highly qualified qualified coaches and play competitive matches on weekday evenings. Enfield CC aspires to achieve success across the board, but we also place great emphasis on a strong social and family-friendly focus with inclusive, inclusive Inclusivity, excuse me, with inclusivity at its heart. Everyone should have an opportunity to enjoy cricket as a player, official, spectator or proud parent. If you are interested in joining Enfield CC in any capacity, email enfieldcc at yahoo.co.uk. This is a letter to the editor in the Enfield Independent. Dying Matters Week. May 8th to the 14th is Dying Matters Week, so we wanted to share some important information about what financial support people with terminal diagnosis may be entitled to, as many aren't aware. Having a, quote, good death is something everyone deserves, free from the stress and strain of finances, and free to make the most of the time left with loved ones. The reality of this is often far from the truth, as the cost of living increases bite, and the cost of living with cancer increases even further. Over the past few years, there has been much debate about the definition of end of life. In terms of welfare benefit legislation, This was previously determined as a prognosis of six months or less. However, this has now been changed to 12 months or less. This small but significant change means that people living with a terminal diagnosis can now access certain benefits much more quickly and at a higher rate and without a medical assessment. The benefits that now can be accessed this way are... Attendance Allowance, AA, at gov.uk Attendance Allowance, Disability Benefit for Pensioners, or Personal Independence Payment, PIP, at gov.uk slash PIP, a Disability Benefit for People of Working Age, Disability Living Allowance, DLA, gov.uk slash disability living allowance children, disability benefits for children under age 16, or employment and support allowance, ESA, which is at gov.uk 
employment slash employment support allowance for working age people who are too poorly to work. And finally, universal credit, UC, gov.uk slash universal hyphen credit, a means-tested benefit for people of working age. Although there isn't a specific benefit for people who are terminally ill, certain benefits can now be paid much more quickly, which is something we have been pushing hard for here at Macmillan Cancer Support. The Department for Work and Pensions recognizes that it can be difficult to predict how long someone might live for, and so have loosened the regulations if you live longer than expected after your original claim you can continue to receive the benefit under new rules for up to three years. To receive fast-track benefits access, an SR1 form, which will be signed by a medical, a clinical specialist, or a GP. If you or someone you know is living with a terminal cancer diagnosis, you can find out practical and emotional advice here. Macmillan.org.uk cancer information and support slash treatment if you have an advanced cancer slash end of life or you call the Macmillan Cancer Line on 0800-808-0000. That's 0800-808-0000. To find your local Macmillan Welfare Benefits Advice Service, visit macmillan.org.uk, cancer information and support, slash get help, slash cost of living. And that was Bhavani Sharma, the author, Macmillan Cancer Support. Uh, This is the result of the latest round of funding from the Enfield Neighbourhood Fund. Almost £400,000 will be handed out to 12 projects in the second round of a council-led community fund. The 12 community projects from around the borough will benefit from nearly £400,000 in funding from Enfield Council this year to help transform communities. The funding was confirmed following the second round of bids for money, which backs projects that address the issues of poverty and inequality in the borough. Project bids were assessed by a set of criteria, including how the programmes would work to reduce deprivation, improve the environment or widen access to opportunities such as jobs, training and local services. The 12 winning community bids include sports, education, computing, volunteering and skills development projects. The successful bids are Community Aid, Women's Health Activities and Workshops for the Over 50s, Conway Tennis Club, Resurfacing of Courts, New Lighting, There Will Be Wider Access to Community Groups, Cockfosters Cricket Club, refurbishment of the cricket practice facility. They aim to encourage new young members through working with local primary and secondary schools and to excluded, deprived families. Everybody Loves Music, 
education, training and employment for 16 to 30-year-olds in music and youth work. London Cycling Club, bike library and refurbishment of the kitchen at Pims Park Visitors Centre to create a community hub for families that would otherwise be excluded due to financial challenges. Palmer's Green Crafts, expansion of the crafting and sewing community hub to reduce isolation. Phoenix Family Services, to fund a coordinator and sessional workers for the food pantry. The project will include access to quality food and free bilingual advice and advocacy services. Ruth Winston Centre, to upgrade computer equipment for training for the over 50s. Southgate Ataturk School, a Turkish school based at Southgate School, providing Turkish language training as well as cultural arts stroke performance classes and supporting young people in prevention of crime and antisocial behaviour. Swim Enfield, to redevelop underused space at Arna's Pool to provide wheelchair access and a space to train swimming teachers, upskill coaches and provide fitness sessions to the community. St Mary Magdalene Church, restoration and refurbishment to the church hall, including kitchen and toilets used by the nursery school, additionally providing a space for outreach work and vulnerable people. The Samafel Association, bilingual employment and skills outreach worker to reach residents living in temporary accommodation and prevention of young people who could be targeted by gangs. In 2021, the first round of Enfield Neighbourhood Fund benefited eight community projects with £349,548 in total funding. Council leader Nessil Kaliskan said... These winning bids demonstrate how Enfield Council can support voluntary and community sector groups to help build strong, healthy and safe communities and to help children and young people to thrive. I would like to congratulate the winning programmes and I look forward to seeing their projects come to life and for residents to see the benefits in their local areas. The money for Enfield Neighbourhood Fund comes from the Community Infrastructure Levy, which is a levy on new developments that is used to support and deliver infrastructure to the benefit of local communities and neighbourhoods. And next, another story about a cash boost for a historic schools restoration. A project to restore a 230-year-old former school building in Edmonton Green and turn it into a community hub has taken a big step forward after being awarded nearly £325,000. Grade 2 listed Edmonton Charity School in Church Street, first opened as a girls' school in 1793, has lain derelict for a decade but plans are now being drawn up to reopen the building for the community. The Life in the Community project comprises a number of groups interested in restoring the building, along with its adjacent school mistress cottage, 
and has now secured a first-round National Lottery Heritage Fund grant of £289,838, plus a further £33,650 from the Architectural Heritage Fund. If a second round lottery bid is successful, the project will be fully funded with £1.8 million. Led by London Historic Buildings Trust, LHBT, and Enfield-based Learning for Life charity, LFLC, the project aims to bring the school buildings back to their former glory and enable them to become an education space once more. Proposals include providing learning and training opportunities for young people in Enfield who are disadvantaged. The project will also benefit the wider community through the creation of a local hub. Over the next 15 months, further design work and surveys will take place before a planning application is submitted. If permission is granted, it's hoped to complete the work by 2026. Georgina Naylor, the chair of LHBT, said, We are very pleased that this important project is making good progress and this is down to a truly collaborative effort involving our great partners and the really important involvement of the community. René Florent-Sou from LFLC said, LFLC is very excited to collaborate with the London Historic Buildings Trust to restore this special building in Edmonton and create an innovative community space that provides much-needed training and employment opportunities for young people in Enfield. Edmonton Charity School is currently on Historic England's at-risk register. Its restoration has been in the works for several years with LHBT and LFLC receiving support from Enfield Council and the Enfield Society to help take their proposal forward. A public consultation has also been held to discuss what features the restored building might include. Thank you. This is one about art for town centres. Pims Park Bowls Club artwork and there's a lovely picture of it with all sorts of people adorning the walls. Enfield is to be enriched by three new pieces of public art which council bosses commissioning new works in the town centers of Angel Edmonton, Enfield Town and Palmer's Green. The Create Enfield team, part of the Journeys and Places program, has brought together local artists mentors, young people and community leaders to curate the commissions and help in the selection process. The public art champions have consulted with the local community for ideas and feedback and have selected the sites they would like to see transformed. Chinelo Anianwu, councillor responsible for public spaces, cultural and local economy, said... These commissions will shine a light on Enfield's vibrant communities, attract new artists, and create businesses and promote the borough as a place filled with rich cultural experiences for everyone to enjoy. We are looking for ambitious proposals that will transform unloved spaces 
into cultural landmarks. The artworks are funded by Enfield Council and supported using public funding by the National Lottery through Arts Council England. The first three commissions will be unveiled in September 2023. Commissions for Southgate and Edmonton Green will launch later this year. Enfield Ignatians Girls Enjoy Festival Outing. The Enfield Ignatians Girls section was well represented at the Worthing May Day Bank Holiday Rugby Festival, with the under-18s, one of three age groups represented, making it through to the third-place playoff. Part of a cluster side, after combining forces with old Alanians, they made a strong start after winning two of their three games on day one which included a victory over the Aylesford Bulls. The side recorded a further victory over the latter side on day two, but otherwise they suffered two narrow defeats to Wellin and Hitchin. Despite this, the combined under-18s progressed to the third-place playoff, with Hitchin again proving their nemesis following a further narrow defeat, which meant the consolation prize of fourth spot. The under-12s and under-16s were both victims of slow starts as both age groups lost their opening two games, although in each case they rebounded strongly. However, the improvements on day two were tangible and although the under-12s failed to make the playoffs, the subsequent five-match unbeaten run catapulted them to fifth out of 12 in the final rankings. Clearly unrecognisable from the hesitant outfit which began the tournament, even some opposition coaches voiced their surprise at the improvements made on day two. The Enfield Tigers under-16s were another case in point, as their initial defeats ruled them out of the playoff picture. However, if anything, the losses galvanised the team which won their subsequent three fixtures on Saturday before extending their winning streak to five 24 hours later. The Sunday wins included the prestigious cap of hosts Worthing and with their defence much improved, the under-16s finished on a high. Enfield Tigers head coach Tom Mann said... Results aside, the tour was more about a celebration of the season, our collective progress and fun. All players got on really well with each other and their opposition. Our players showed great respect for each other, the opposition and officials. Saracens welcomed Northampton Saints to the Stonex Stadium for their Gallagher Premiership semi-final on Saturday, 3.30pm kick-off. Sale entertained Leicester Tigers in the other semi-final on Sunday with the two winners meeting at Twickenham in the grand final on May the 27th. And now some expert tips to get your garden ready for summer on a budget taken from an article in The Independent. Gardens are bursting into life as the weather gets warmer making now the perfect time to do some groundwork to get your outdoor space looking its best for summer. 
But with many household budgets already maxed out, your garden may have dropped away down the list of spending priorities. Thankfully, there are some ways you can spruce up your garden without breaking the bank. And here are some cost-saving suggestions from Matthew Clagg from tool hire firm Speedy Services. SpeedyServices.com So you can get ready for entertaining friends and family this summer. Number one, transform it with a tin of paint. A chipped or shabby fence, shed or wooden furniture can impact the whole look of your garden, so you'll be surprised by how much a lick of paint can transform your outdoor space. A protective paint can save money in the long run, as woodwork will be protected from the elements for years to come. Clegg says, Before applying paint, make sure the surface is dry and brush away any dust and debris. To make the job quick and easy and ensure a professional finish, use a paint sprayer. And to avoid costly mistakes, he suggests testing your technique on a large piece of cardboard. Number two, get creative with wooden pallets. Wooden pallets can be easily and inexpensively upcycled into all sorts of garden items, Clack explains. You can source them for very little online, and they are sometimes even free, but can be turned into pallet planters or garden furniture, such as sofas and tables. There are lots of YouTube tutorials you can follow on creating seating and tables using only pallets, nails, a saw and a drill, even if you're a DIY beginner. Add wheels to the bottom of a pallet table to make it easily movable. And be sure to accessorise sofas with cushions and blankets so they're comfortable to use and you can keep warm into the early hours. Number three, make your patio prettier. Arguably, one of the cheapest and easiest ways to spruce up your garden is simply by giving it a spring clean. If you've got a concrete or paved patio, this includes clearing leaves and debris with a sweeping brush and using a pressure washer to, stiff, to shift stubborn dirt, algae and moss. Number four, make use of garden waste to save on money. If you're cutting back trees in your garden, you can hire a wood chipper to make your own wood chip. This is expensive to buy, ready-made in bags from garden centres, but can be created yourself for free either for decorative use on paths or as mulch on bare soil to keep out weeds and add nutrients. Alternatively, tree trunk slices could be used within a stepping stone path. Larger tree stumps can be turned into rustic stools and any smaller sturdy branches should be repurposed as canes and supports for climbing plants. Number five, think about creating height. Clegg says adding height to your garden can be a good way to make more use of limited spaces by drawing the eye to various features. There are a number of ways you can do this, including incorporating plants that grow to different heights and installing trellises, but also building shelving into garden fences or walls using old crates. Crates can be screwed to the wall, painted in a complementary colour, and then used to display potted plants. 
arrange crates at different heights or fix a couple together to make a pigeonhole-style shelf unit, he says. Alternatively, use a saw to cut tree stumps at varying heights and place together in a corner of your garden. Position pots on top or hollow out and grow flowers inside the stumps. Vertical planters are also very sought after at the moment and are another way to add height and impact. You can easily make them yourself by fixing plant pots to a wooden pallet and drilling this into your garden fence. Number six. Can you source tools for less money? If you think you'll get long-term use out of your tools, buying may be the most cost-effective option. But there may be other cases when you only need tools for a limited or specific purpose. Hiring specialist tools can be another way to save money on garden makeovers, as it works out more cost-effective if you only ever use them for a few times. Plus, in addition to these tips, it may be worth keeping an eye on websites such as FreeCycle and Freegal to see if there are any useful items for the garden that people are giving away. Thank you. Now all we need is some sunshine as well. Anyway, I'm back in the Enfield Independent reading the letters to the editor. Here's one, Don't Suffer Alone. We know the cost of living crisis is affecting the mental health of millions. From soaring energy bills to rising food prices or increasing rent or mortgage payments, it's all adding to the mounting pressure and worry about how we'll get by. We're hearing from people who are experiencing crippling anxiety because they're being forced to question every penny they spend. Others have become more lonely and isolated because they just can't afford to see their friends who they rely on for mental health support. For so many of us, looking after our mental health is often last or buried in our busy lists. That's why this Mental Health Awareness Week, May 15th to 21st, we're encouraging anyone who may be struggling with their mental health to seek support. If this speaks to you and your readers, speak to MIND. That's M-I-N-D, MIND. We know we can fix the cost. We cannot fix the cost of living crisis, but we can help each other to cope with, and we are here for you. Thank you. And that's from Sarah Hughes, the CEO of MIND. We have reached the end of our program for this week. Thank you for listening. So from the team of Sally, Alison, Jean and Hass on the controls, it's goodbye. Goodbye. Please remember to turn over the address label in your postal packet. Put the memory stick into the packet in a closed position and return it to us as soon as possible in readiness for the next edition. You can now also listen to our podcast by searching for Enfield Talking Newspaper on your favourite podcast app or listening to us on your smart speaker by saying play podcast Enfield Talking Newspaper. And don't forget you can call Diane de Jersey regarding any help you may require in connection with Enfield Talking Newspaper on 07899 The Enfield Talking Newspaper will be with you again 
in one week's time. 